It's that time of the week again, and you are listening to the Fancy Fund Manager podcast. I'm Stuart Lohman from Biz News. Our guests this week are Cohen Capital's David Bacher and Grant Morris, Portfolio Manager at Klukas Gray Asset Management. Guys, thanks for joining. Dave, it's the last week of the fifth month of competition. Um, getting ex- not excited, but we're coming near to the, to the end of the competition. How, how are you feeling? Oh, you know, it's been a, a wonderful five months, not in terms of the market behavior, far from it, <laughs> but in terms of game participation, enjoyment, and really very proud of a system that has been quite stable, educational, and we've received uh, wonderful support. So it's been, been a very much an enjoyable period. And I know Grant is definitely enjoying the game itself. Grant, thanks as always. I know it's not the first time on the podcast. You're currently sitting first. We don't want to put the mockers on, but up 15.41%. As David mentioned, the markets have been tough. The benchmark of the 60 stocks in Fancy Fund is negative 2.69%. So that's a fantastic performance if we compare it to that. But if you just reflect what's been your secret source or your main stock picks that deliver your performance uh, in the game? Uh, uh, thanks, Stuart, and afternoon to you both. Um, yeah, I think... Um, you know, it, it, to go back to David's comment, has been a great source of fun and, and education. I just take what's going on in our offices, the, the camaraderie, the jousting that happens on a daily, weekly basis. It really has been fantastic. Um, I guess, um, Stuart, the one thing I have uh, done is been fairly active in in, in a couple of, of, of shares which are, are more cyclical, in, in nature. So I, I've kept a few steady eddies and those haven't actually really worked that well. Things like British American Tobacco have been very disappointing. I've held it throughout. Um, and uh, I, I guess where I've tried to um, be a little bit more maneuverable is uh, around the resources, around the retailers and around the financials where um, either around results, movements in the oil price, uh, those kinds of things, I've tried to sort of play that a bit. Um, I, I was I was caught short on the dividend story early on in the game, and I made sure that I wasn't caught on that again on on owning companies that that go ex dividend in the week. Uh, that was certainly something I've concentrated on. Um, but but yeah, I think and and to be fair, this is a this is probably uh, an example this week. Where, where some luck is needed, Stuart, no doubt. You know, I had had true worths in the retail sector for a very long time. It had been kind to me, and and I happened to switch out into SPA, which has been bombed out for, for such a long period of time. And and that's that's bouncing the ball. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it's luck as much as anything else. So I have to say that I do think along the way you've needed a bit of the bounce of the ball as well. Um, and and I would have to say I've had a few bounces that have gone gone my way, uh, to yeah. so perfect perfect uh, storm there, Grant. I saw this week you had Spa, which is top performer, eleven point something percent at time of recording, and you mentioned resources. I see SAS has also performed, and I know we'll get into the oil story, etc. Dave, on your side, for reflecting what Grant's just mentioned on the game, how have you sort of played it from your point of view? Well, let me talk about Grant. <laughs> it's probably easier. <laughs> um, no, it's quite funny because um, 
Grant is obviously a, a senior portfolio manager at, at Klukas Gray. A lot of our clients' money actually is with Klukas Gray. Um, so it's been nice to see someone who we you know believe in or, or in terms of a stock picker um, come to the fore um, and, and beat quite a wild field of, uh, of 4,000 people. Uh, but it's also been nice to watch some of the the stock picks that uh, Grant alluded that he's hold for his portfolio, such as True Words, uh, also being reflected in big overweight positions in the portfolios that they manage for our clients. So, you know, it's uh, he's played it as a game and probably been a bit more active in the game. But as an investment house, it's nice that he's, you know, he's not only winning the competition, but he's also making the Korean clients happy. So hats off to, <laughs> to, to you guys. In terms of our side, um, I'm pretty much Norman nowhere. Um, Last few days, I'm not uh, near the bottom or the top. I'm being pretty steady, Eddie, in the middle. Um, you know, through the competition, I'm probably just inside the top quartile. Um, so not a disgrace, uh, but certainly looking a bit sheepish next to our, our leader with a return of, what did you say, 15%. I think a lot of us are. In second is only at 11% at the moment. I don't want to put the markers on, Grant. It is a fantastic <laughs> outperformance at the moment. Uh, let's just look at the markets. We saw uh, sort of the global markets, the US 10-year bond yield uh, jump at just about 4.6% to a 15-year high. Can you just, for the listeners, explain what is the relevance and what is the 10-year sort of bond yield? Yeah, so, you know, bond yields obviously are reflective of, of what uh, is happening in the interest rate and inflationary cycle. And... Um, we we're seeing an environment at the moment, Stuart, where you know this this ten year yield has moved uh, from three point eight percent to four point six percent in two months. Now, you know that may only sound like eighty basis points, but really the effect is that um, it reprices assets that are that are sensitive to to interest rates, and generally, um, you know, bond yields rising. Um, or, or make it difficult for equities. The cost of capital is by definition higher. Um, and in general, pricing of things like mortgages in an economy, uh, you know, move in tandem with things like bond yields and, uh, and rate setting by central banks. So, you know, in general, you know, rising bond yields is, is more often than not a, a more negative sign than a positive sign. Um, and, and, it's natural to see bond yields move up in an environment where interest rates are moving up. Um, but at some point, you know, we would certainly hope this calms down. Um, and, and rising interest rates in conjunction with rising oil is, is painting a much more difficult backdrop globally. I'm not just in South Africa. Globally, it's painting a more difficult backdrop for growth. Um, and ultimately, you know, companies need uh, more accommodative macro environments to grow earnings um, and and this is this is proving to be quite tricky at the moment and as you mentioned it plays into some of the other assets you mentioned a high oil, oil price we've seen gold come under a bit of pressure i see it, it dropped to below 19 and you can see that in the stock sort of reflection the stock performances on the game itself from, mm. from that bond yield is there anything you mentioned the negative impacts anything we should be looking out for as an investor because think you know one's worse you've got to try and uh, i i think Try and find the positives as as well. So I mentioned oil earlier, and I, I think it's important, you know, to have some kind of oil or energy exposure in one's uh, portfolio because that's the thing that can ultimately protect you against 
some of the negative effects um, on on the more interest rate sensitive uh, cyclical counters like, like banks, like uh, retailers, where rising uh, interest rates make, makes for a more difficult backdrop. There are some ways in which one can have more defensive holdings in a portfolio which, which can help to protect you. So, so a Sassel or an Exaro or a Sungela uh, locally have been the things that have given you some of that protection um, against a, 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 more, a more tricky black backdrop. So, Grant, just on the interest rates, does it point to a higher for longer sort of scenario? I know we've, we, when we look at the commentary, there's this thoughts that oh, there might just be another uh, 25 uh, point uh, increase to come. But does this pain or high increase potentially down the line? And is that why there's more uncertainty in the market itself? I think I would agree with that observation, Stuart, is is that um, I think what uh, a high oil price uh, does is probably allow central bankers to sit on their hands for longer um, and adopt a, a real wait-and-see attitude. And, you know, it does uh, it certainly does appear as if central bankers are going to be uh, waiting until they are absolutely certain that um, inflationary uh, drivers have, have, have abated before they begin to cut rates. So... The possibility is that we could be sitting in a in a higher interest rate environment for a bit longer, um, and, and, and I think just just the oil price keenly on the higher interest rates. I mean, the eighty basis point move in in the ten year is significant. Is your risk free asset of the world the ten year, and everything is priced off it. And what happens often, and I don't mean to alarm everyone, is when interest rates move so quickly uh, over such a short period of time. Often it is followed by something breaking. Uh, you saw that last time when the, you know, a lot of the regional banks in the U.S. were under pressure. Um, you know, at a current revaluation-driven house, so we take a bit of a longer-term view. But you know, if you were a betting man, I think there's odds of maybe something surprising on the downside potentially around the corner if if history had to uh, repeat itself. So you know, hopefully it's not true, but that's just a bit of a a warning. Um, that that I think we need to take note of. Because we, we should use history to learn from. Grant, just uh, with regards to the, what David just mentioned, is there anything we should look, a notable development we should look for or we could expect from su- such a move? Yeah, I think he's alluded to the thing that comes to the, f- the front of my mind as well, and that is that, um, you know, you get these, these, these interest rate-sensitive sectors and areas um, we saw U.S. regional banks run into some difficulty when uh, when rates rose quite sharply in April earlier this year. You know that's something to to certainly keep an eye on. Um, and I guess mortgage rates mortgage rates are are, are rising um, in tandem with um, with bond yields, and that at at a household level that has an implication. And uh, yeah, both in the U.S. and in places like the U.K. Um, that has the potential, and, and and to David's point, in the nearer term, we hope that this isn't a longer term issue. But that has a, a, a has the potential to be more restrictive on household balance sheets. If you're paying more in interest and oil and energy costs, you're going to have to make some, some sacrifices elsewhere. And 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 I guess those are the things that we're trying to apply our mind to right now. And we always look at the currency off the back of sort of the yield, et cetera, with regards to the RAND. Obviously, the RAND we always see as the, the South African sort of stock exchange barometer, you know, how it performs is generally how, how is the US dollar, is the US dollar strengthened of this? What does it do to the RAND or mean for the RAND going forward? Well, I think most people do look at the, the US dollar RAND as like the indication of how South Africa is doing. Um, 
and it's probably been not a bad thing to look at because we've had some own goals and some history of of, of doing some South African centric um, things that have impacted our currency. But what's, what we're seeing over the last week is not a South African development. This is repricing a risk globally, uh, uh, risk off trade, strong dollar, and you know we've actually been quite impressed with how the rand has actually performed during this period relative to not only some emerging markets pretty much middle of the 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 pack but also gained some strong developed market currencies so this is you know you might see the rand weaken and it certainly has versus the dollar but it hasn't weakened against uh, a lot of other currencies in fact some developed currencies as i said has actually strengthened yeah i'd agree david and it's um I guess these things, Stuart, are, 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 you know, very much interlinked, you know, and um, why is the dollar strengthened? I think it goes back to the initial commentary around um, the US 10-year bond um, yield rising. You know, these things, the yield rises, it attracts investors uh, back into the dollar, out of other currencies to earn uh, earn uh, income on that rising yield. And, and so these things, you know, are, are very much linked. Um, and from a South African perspective, it is encouraging to see that the rand is actually behaved reasonably. What we worry about is a component of imported inflation in South Africa, and and that's the thing that you know we need to to keep a watch on. And the currency has a bearing on that. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, if the currency behaves as it has over the last months to a quarter, you can keep a lid on the inflationary effects. And how do we play the last month of the game with all this information we've sort of <laughs> having to absorb yet? So you've mentioned resources. I mean, how would you play the last month? I want to give all your tricks away, but uh, from a gamer point of view. Yeah, Stuart, interesting. I, I, I have a sense that this energy, oil, gas complex could be with us for a little while. It, the, the signs are there um, with US reserves low, um, and 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 you know OPEC controlling supply quite tightly. So I have a sense that you want to stick with something in the energy complex. I'm not really to give up on on a, on a SAS hall. Um, things like Fungela and Exaro could also be ancillary beneficiaries within that that kind of energy complex. Um, and and so I I would stick with that pro- probably over other diversified mining counters. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess within um, one of the other things that I'll certainly look for are things over the last couple of weeks that have really been smashed, um, where the valuations get down to a level that it just makes sense to rather uh, go into those intra intrasector as opposed to, um, you know, trying to be too clever um, on, uh, on 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 changing too much. So. Spa was an example. It really has had a tough few weeks relative to other retailers. Um, we may find the same happens within banks, where First Rand has begun to underperform um, other banks. There may become an opportunity to to go back into some of those that, on a relative basis, have been far worse off. Now, I, I would be probably looking to do things along those lines, Stuart. And David, on your side? I think if I had to add to that, I'll just be talking for the sake of talking. I think I summed it up <laughs> well. And uh, yeah, I, I concur with what he said. And uh, he's obviously winning the competition for a, a reason. So yeah, I, I subscribe to to everything that, that Grant said. 
Thanks, Rhonda. I know we normally we ask for a tip, but I think you've summed up a nice strategy there for, for listeners. Thank you. And I, and I think it is worth saying, I mean, just compared to, you know, pe- men in this, men and women in the street who are playing this game, it, it's, for us, we've got to reflect, reflect on the fact that this is why in the investment businesses we have teams, because for a single person or single woman to be covering uh, covering a range of stocks and things it is hard. And we have the benefit of being able to lean on the insights of the team and that, uh, particularly when things are tricky and, and, and jumping around, um, that counts for quite a lot. David, it is the last week of the fifth month. So next week is the start of the last month of competition and there is a monthly prize. So we do encourage listeners to make the, if they want to change selections by 9 a.m. on Monday, I know there is a monthly prize. There's still four, five more weeks left of competition as well. So well, lots of time to play. Uh, but a big thank you. Correct. I, I, go, go, Dave. Yeah, I think people miss that point that, um, you know, that every month, as you said, there's a, a, a big prize of, of 5,000 rand. So it's never too late to enter. Um, so, you know, if I can uh, allow people to to try and uh, uh, get their friends and families to to participate and actually feel a bit closer to the investment game and the investment world you know i'd really like uh, them to them to do that so yeah sign up nine o'clock monday morning and you've got five thousand rands uh, potential prize money excellent as always that's david butler from current capital and grant morris senior portfolio manager at Lucas gray asset management and a big thanks to our sponsors that make the podcast possible that's terribent capital ShareNet, money better and Klukas Grey Asset Management. And from me, Stuart Lohman, until next week, cheerio.